Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bev, and this is the final of our midweek Advent series as we've been meditating upon the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and those great O antiphons uh, as they've been handed down to us through the centuries by the church. And so tonight, the antiphons which we will be meditating upon are O Dayspring and O King of Nations, and we'll explore the fullness of those when we get to the readings and then also the, the corresponding sermon. And so as has been our practice, I'll make my way back here shortly, and then we'll stand for the procession of light. God's blessings upon your worship. The first reading is from the prophet Malachi, chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, the first chapter. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. O Lord, have mercy on us. The third reading is from Psalm 118. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. O Lord, have mercy on us. The fourth reading is from 1 Peter, the second chapter. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore... To you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During these final days of Advent, there are two more great O antiphons that sound forth to us. Jesus is referred to as O Dayspring and O King of the Nations in the antiphons appointed for today, December 21st, and tomorrow, December 22nd. The full text of each is as follows. O Dayspring, splendor of light everlasting, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. O King of the Nations, the ruler they long for, the cornerstone uniting all people. Come and save us all, whom you formed out of clay. 
Now, the antiphon for today, December 21, which is the basis for stanza 6 of our hymn, it addresses Christ as O day spring, splendor of light everlasting, using language that we heard earlier from the Benedictus, that was the reading from St. Luke's Gospel, the song of Zechariah in Luke 1, 78 and 79. Whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And this language also appears in Isaiah chapter 9. Both the antiphon and the stanza of the hymn take what is stated about Christ's first coming in the Benedictus and apply it to his second coming. Day spring, which is also translated as dawn or the rising of the sun, is a specialized messianic title that signified the rising of the morning light that overcomes the darkness of night. Somewhat like the title Morning Star that is used for Jesus elsewhere in the New Testament, as we see it in 2 Peter and also in the book of Revelation. And as our evening prayer liturgy has it, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome, quoting St. John the Evangelist. Well, the antiphon for tomorrow, December 22nd, upon which stanza 7 of the hymn is based, was composed using this promise from Haggai chapter 2. I, the Lord, will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. The emphasis on kingship continues. His rule uniting all nations is found in both the antiphon, the cornerstone uniting all people, and the hymn, bind in one the hearts of all mankind, bid thou our sad divisions Cease. Then that final line declares Jesus to be our king of peace. Peace is said to be one of the results of the Messiah's arrival in Haggai 2, verse 9. So, dear saints, the season of Advent is now finally in its last days and hours. Our season of quiet contemplation and repentant prayer is drawing near to its fulfillment. The first signs of coming light they Greet us on the horizon. The day spring is nigh. The coming of Jesus, our Prince of Peace, is upon us. Holy Scripture puts before us two ways to greet the dawning day of the Lord's return, speaking of his second coming now, and that is great fear and foreboding or exuberant joy. The prophet Malachi tells us what the day spring's arrival will bring. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them, neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise, with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. We heard this sermon from the prophet Malachi all the way back on the second Sunday of Advent, which, though it's only two weeks ago, feels like quite some time now, doesn't it? And so it is a fitting reminder as Advent comes to its conclusion. Folks, the fact is, Jesus will return in glory on the last day to be our judge. He will come as King of kings and Lord of lords. In the book of Revelation, St. John tells us that those very titles of Jesus will be on his robe and also on his thigh. King of kings and Lord of Lords. Christ will come with the sharp two-edged sword of his word, and he will cut down all unbelievers with his judgment. For their rejection and total contempt of the Christ, unbelievers will hear this word. Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That we hear from Matthew 25. 
For those who have rejected Christ as their Savior, there can only be fear and foreboding at his appearing on the last day. However, for Christians, the last day brings to us the King of Nations, the ruler we have longed for, our King of Peace. Christ Jesus will come and save us all. He will enlighten those who have been in darkness and take us to everlasting day. This is what we are looking forward to. In fact, the whole point of Christ taking on human flesh and being born of the Virgin Mary more than 2,000 years ago was this, to fulfill the law and to redeem us from sin, death, and Satan by his crucifixion and resurrection on the third day. Jesus came to do away with the separation between God and man so that we could live and walk with God forever in paradise once again. In his first coming, Christ Jesus accomplished all of this. He fulfilled all that was spoken of him by Moses and the prophets. Through the tender mercy of our God, Zechariah says, the day spring from on high has visited us. Why? To give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death. Christ Jesus took upon himself the darkness of your sin and shame. He was beaten, wounded, and pierced for your transgressions. He suffered the ultimate in human violence in order to make peace between God and man, thus satisfying the righteous requirements of the law. He experienced separation from the Father so that you would never have to. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death in order to destroy death's power over you. He was laid in the grave in order that he might humiliate and overcome it by rising from the grave, treating it as a temporary place of rest. Death has lost its grip. And on the third day, the Son of Righteousness rose from the dead with healing in his wings. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected who has become the chief cornerstone. Having ascended to the right hand of the Father, he lives and reigns eternally with all authority in heaven and on earth, having been given to him. This was all the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, all that remains, you could say, is the finale, his return on the last day. So it begs the question, well, what are we supposed to do until then? Well, St. Peter speaks to this question in the fourth reading we heard this evening. As God's baptized and redeemed people, we continue coming to Christ as to a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. Why do we continue to come to Jesus? Because you also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, where does this happen? Well, it's right here in God's house. And just how is God doing all this? How does he call and gather us together? He does it by his Holy Spirit, who has called us by the gospel into the Holy Christian Church. It is here in this place, set apart for God's holy purposes, that your Heavenly Father works in you. That is indeed the heart and center of the third commandment, that God would work in you by his word and sacrament, calling you to repentance and faith, feeding you his very body and blood, feeding and sustaining that gift of faith so that you might see his face on the last day. You see, using Christ's word and sacraments, the Holy Spirit is continually working. He points out your sin so that you might confess it and receive the absolution of Christ, to, forgive, to receive his forgiveness. He is constantly strengthening, strengthening that gift of faith in Jesus and molding you into the image and likeness of Christ. 
This work of God is referred to in the great O Antiphon for tomorrow, December 22nd. Come and save us all whom you formed out of clay. We are those whom God has formed out of clay. This imagery is found in many places throughout God's word. However, the clearest is perhaps Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Dear Christians, you are the Lord's redeemed people. You are his literal handiwork. He is the potter, and you are the clay. You are his beloved holy priesthood, bought with his own blood and sealed by his spirit in holy baptism. Now this unbelieving world that we're living in, it looks at you with utter confusion and contempt. To them, you're a bunch of strange, backwards-thinking people who do strange, backward-thinking things. You return a portion of your time, your talent, and your treasure to your risen Lord instead of living only for yourselves and your own interests. You confess your sins to God. You raise your children in God's word. You honor God's designs for humanity. Men are men, women are women, and children are a blessing, not a curse to be done away with. You hold marriage as sacred, a blessed union of one man and one woman for life, just as God ordained it in the garden. And the great irony is that, well, it's really the world's ways which are strange and backwards, thinking, in fact, they are evil. And this shouldn't surprise us. If someone rejects Jesus, the chief cornerstone, they will reject his word and his ways. Nevertheless, as sinners redeemed by God, we pray for those in spiritual darkness, knowing that we once lived in the same. We pray for their well-being, and we ask God to give us opportunities to confess the gospel to them, that the Holy Spirit might prevail upon their hearts and give them the gift of faith. With God's help, we strive to love and serve our neighbors, starting with those who are closest to us, most nigh to us, our own families, friends, and surrounding community. We continue gathering around Jesus as he comes to us in word, water, bread, and wine, all the while praying for that dawning of the final day when our day spring and sun of righteousness shines upon us as he guides our feet into the eternal peace of paradise. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. And so in closing, and this is a little bit departing from our previous weeks, we will simply read together and pray those fifth and sixth O antiphons. O day spring, splendor of light everlasting, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. O king of nations, the ruler they long for, the cornerstone uniting all people, come and save us all whom you formed out of clay. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our dayspring and King of peace. Amen. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Welcome. I uh, hope and pray that this Advent series has been a great blessing to you as we've contemplated these O Antiphons. And you're probably thinking, well, Pastor, there's still one left. Yes, there is. God with us. 
And so he is and so he shall be as we commemorate that day on Christmas Eve. And so uh, blessings to you as you go off into the cold as it's going to be coming in. Uh, please be safe with that. And I look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll greet you at the door.